Hey friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on becoming better followers of Jesus. If you're eager, like I am, to follow Jesus Christ, then take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. I hope these episodes are being a help to you as you think about how to appeal, witness, talk to unbelievers that you encounter in your workplace, in the community. Uh, We understand unbelief is just on the rise, so more and more we're going to encounter people that uh, we would uh, we would reference as being an unbeliever, someone who has not called upon Jesus Christ to save them. They've not accepted the free gift of salvation. And so we're using Paul's response in Acts chapter 17, where he responds to the diverse crowd of atheists, agnostics, skeptics, those in uh, all different types of religions, believers. He's talking to all these people, and he gives us about nine verses, ten verses here of a response that help us tremendously uh, in our witness and for us to be a better follower of Jesus Christ, to take our next step in our witnessing. I mean, sometimes I think when I talk to people, one of the biggest reasons given for not witnessing or not talking to that person or not being obedient to the last command of Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel is this. It's fear. It's fear that they don't have the right words. It's fear they won't know how to answer the question. It's fear of this. It's fear. And fear comes because of what? Because typically we're unprepared. We feel unequipped. And I'm not saying that to you to say that uh, you are unprepared or or you're unequipped. What I'm saying is we can prepare ourselves and we can help equip ourselves in order to be a better witness, in order to take away the fear Now, I don't think we could prepare ourselves for every single situation, every encounter, every question. I mean, even if you go to school and you pursue a degree in nursing or you pursue a degree in engineering, it doesn't prepare you for every single aspect of that vocation, though it tries to give you very good foundational training. And so what we want to do is just try to give you some foundational tools that can equip you, equip myself to be this better witness for Jesus Christ, to remove some of the fear so that we'll at least go out and try it. And what happens when we encounter the the problem, the issue, the question we don't know the answer to, or wow, I I don't even have an idea where to go with that one. That's where we go back and we begin to prepare ourselves even better. So Paul, in this response, he first appealed to creation. And then secondly here, he appeals to their conscience. And so as I say two things to you as you're working with unbelievers and talking to them, remember these two things are your ally. Creation, the greatest revelation of mankind, because it speaks every single, uh, all 7,000 spoken languages in the world, it speaks every single one of them. What does it say? God exists. It takes more effort for a person to deny God's existence than it does to accept God's existence. Why? Because of the truth we're going to look at today, their conscience. You see, the conscience responds to creation. We said that creation being greatest, the greatest revelation of God to mankind creates this, a natural desire to seek after God. We see in our passage here as Paul responded in verse 27, he says this, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Here he's talking to unbelievers who had no belief in God. And he's saying, look, because of your conscience, you have this natural desire, this natural bent, if you will, to pursue or seek after God. You know, all the false religions in the world reveal this truth to us. What are they attempting to do? 
to worship some type of deity, to worship some type of God. That's what they're trying to do. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 gives us a uh, clear picture here of the power of the conscience. It says this in verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, it's revealed in them, it's shown in them. For God has showed it unto them. How has he showed it unto them? Through their conscience. Then chapter 2, verses 14 through 15 tell us this. For when the Gentiles, these are unbelievers, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law. These, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. What, what does this mean? So Gentiles, they are actually doing things through morality. They have morals. Why? Because of this law that is written on their heart. Look what verse 15 says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. Why is it wrong to kill someone? You know, I didn't even have to read the Bible, thou shalt not kill, to know that in my conscience that it's wrong to take a person's life. And so inside of every person, there is a conscience. And this conscience does this. It cries out that God exists. And as I said, it takes more effort to deny God's existence than to accept it. Why? Because it's impossible for you to remove yourself from creation. We talked about that in a previous episode. You can put yourself in a four by four building, put no windows, no doors, put a roof on top. And you're still within creation because you hear your breath. <laughs> you hear your heartbeat. You begin to hear your stomach begin to say, I'm hungry. Now you've got me in this room with no food and I can't get out. I'm hungry, right? Because creation and your conscience constantly scream out, God, God. And so as you're talking to unbelievers, know this. These are your friends, creation and the conscience. These will help you. Appeal to these. Use these as a springboard. Always drawing back. I had a conversation with a young lady this past week and uh, was using creation and trying to dig down to find out uh, what was really going on because she, she grew up in a Christian environment but was just completely rejecting it. And she felt like the Bible was completely corrupted and uh, she felt like you couldn't know God and God was this evil person. Anyways, I was just asking questions to find out about her, to find out about her. And uh, she began to say, you know, what's right for you? What's right for that person? And I began to ask her, well, how do you know what's right? And I began to ask her more questions about morality and why would it be right for her to think you should not rape or molest somebody, but for somebody else not to? And we talked through some of that, and I began to say, where does morality come from? Where does those desires and those feelings come from? And we began to pinpoint it to our conscience. We began to pinpoint where does the conscience come from, pinpoint that God gave. Anyway, she said, I, you've got a good point. I never thought about it that way. And when we're talking to unbelievers many times, that's victory. Because sometimes, unbelievers, we may be watering, we may be planting, or we may be uh, getting the harvest. But many times you think about a garden, much more time is spent to tilling the soil, preparing the soil, planting the seed, watering the seed, pruning, before you ever do the harvest. And so many times in people's lives, we are watering, we are planting, and understand how Scripture relates the process of seed in a person's heart to seed in the soul. And so you may not get the harvest, that first conversation or that second conversation, or you may only have one conversation, but you're planting seed and you're watering. And many times if you get this response, I never thought about that. That's interesting. That's a good point. You left them thinking. 
You are tearing down the mental block from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, where it says, The God of this word hath blinded their minds. So there you're being an effective witness. Don't let Satan tell you in the back of your ear, in the back of your mind, up, oh, you failed. You weren't effective. They didn't accept Jesus Christ. You might as well quit. Just stop being a witness for him because that's not true. Because so much more effort is many times put into the preparation of the soul, the seed, the water, and so forth. And so as we continue to think about the conscience, the conscience responds to creation. It sees it and it says God exists, but the conscience also responds to the law. God gave the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt uh, uh, not, you're supposed to obey your parents. Uh, honor your parents. And we can go through all 10 of the commandments, keeping God first. And so the conscience responds to this. So the law was given for a reason. The law was given that it might reveal sin, Romans 3.20, Galatians 3.24. The law reveals sin in people to bring them to Jesus Christ. And so we need to use the Ten Commandments to reveal sin and thus their need for Jesus as a Savior. I said earlier in the first episode on this topic that many times we can share Jesus Christ. We can share the gospel and they don't respond because they don't see their need of Jesus. They don't see that they need him. They do not see uh, that uh, they need to respond to him because they don't see that God created them. They don't see that God, uh, that they're accountable to him. And so we must use the law. So you can use the law in this regard. Have you, can I manifest you a question? Yes. Have you ever one time in your life ever lied? No matter how big or small. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, me too. I've lied. Uh, have you ever one time in your life uh, taken something regardless of its value? And they may say, well, yeah, I've taken something from work or school or I stole something from Walmart one time. Okay. Uh, me too. I, I've stolen. The Bible tells us thou shall not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. And you can walk them through three or four of the laws of God. And you can ask them, now, if you stood before God on judgment day based on these laws, would you be innocent or guilty? And they'll say guilty. Okay, well, now I can tell you, now that you understand that you're guilty before God because your conscience has deemed you guilty of breaking God's law, now I can share with you God doesn't leave you there. And now I can begin to move into the, the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, the free gift that God offers, eternal life. I begin to move into that because now they see their need. And so as we kind of sum up this section that we've looked at over the last week and this week, we've looked at the fact that Paul used an appeal to creation and he appealed to their conscience. He began there because he identified his audience. He knew where many of them were at. You know, many of them had been taught there, there is no God. They, just like many of our young people today, they've gone through school, kindergarten through high school and into college, higher education, being taught that you're here through evolution. You're here through natural processes. There is no God. Uh, if there is a God, he's maybe part of uh, the universe. He's part of creation. God and creation are one and the same. They're not teaching this. So what I'm saying is they don't see their need for a Savior. So our job as a witness of Jesus Christ is to bring them to a point of understanding that God created them. As a result, they are accountable to God. And now Paul will begin to move into sharing the gospel. So next week we'll look at how he appealed to their critics. He used some common cultural elements uh, to take them from the unknown to the known. 
um, and then he would appeal to Jesus Christ. So join with us next Tuesday as we begin, or not begin, but continue our discussion on appealing to unbelievers. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend or subscribe so that you can stay up to date on the latest studies. You can connect with Collegiate for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com.